0: What is up, everybody? What is good, man? This is your boy, Mel, a.k.a. Naldo F1, and you are now tuned into to the Naldo F1 podcast. This will be the 2022 British Grand Prix race review. This is directly following the race. The race just ended maybe about 30 minutes ago, so it's all, everything's all fresh on my mind. I think I like this a little bit better than waiting a couple of days to get into to what happened or even the following day because you just lose a little bit of that that nuance um, from recording and having other stuff going on. So I wanted to get everything out while it's fresh into my mind. And as the title can convey, what a race, man. What an absolute banger of a race. Um, it was just incredible to watch. Carlos Sainz got his maiden victory in Formula One as well as his maiden pole position. So Carlos Sainz winning from pole was – Absolutely and fantastic to watch. Really happy for him. Seems like he can finally get the the monkey off of his back of being at Ferrari and not really knowing if he was going to have to fall into that number two driver uh, role and everything that comes with that. And let's just get into the race rundown. So, like I said, Carlos Sainz finished from finished P one from pole position. Sergio Perez. Followed him up in P2. Lewis Hamilton rounded out the podium in P3. Charles Leclerc in P4. Fernando Alonso, P5. Lando Norris, P6. Max Verstappen, P7. Mick Schumacher with his maiden points in Formula 1. Finally getting off the snide a little bit in P8. Sebastian Vettel in the points in P9. Kevin Magnussen rounds out the points finishers with a double points finish for has Ferrari Racing, which was great to see. Really happy for that team. Lance Stroll finished just outside the points in P11. Nicholas Latifi, P12. Daniel Ricciardo, P13. Yuki Tsunoda, P14. And our non-finishers, we had quite a few of them, were Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly, Valtteri Bottas, George Russell, Joe Guan Yu, and Alexander Albon. So before I get to talking too much about the race, I just want to send, like, prayers out to Joe. Not necessarily prayers, but I'm just happy that the fact that he's okay and was able to walk away. There was a really, really nasty crash at the beginning of the race on lap one involving him and George Russell as well as Pierre Gasly. And basically his car was upside down and went sliding on its head, essentially, for quite a distance across the track. I'd say that was probably about half of a football field and then flipped up into the barriers, essentially, into the gate that protects the crowd from from the cars and stuff like that. So basically his car was wedged in between the Tech Pro barriers, which are like the technology that they use to – absorb like harsh impacts um for the cars if they ended up do crashing but basically his car had been flipped and pushed and wedged in between the actual gate so the gate separating the crowd and the track and the Tech Pro barriers which was really scary to see and there was a good probably about 15 to 20 minutes where we didn't really hear much news at all about his well-being so I'm happy that he's okay and happy that he pretty much came out of that crash unscathed as well as the other drivers as well. Shout out to George Russell. He immediately jumped out of the car and ran to see if Joe was okay and basically forfeited his own ability to restart the race due to the red flag. I think Mercedes thought that they could potentially fix his car during the red flag session. I don't know if they would have had enough time to do that, but George basically forfeited that possibility for getting out and going to check on Joe, so shout out, shout out to George for that, man. That was, that was pure class and pure sportsmanship right there. And I mean, we all know George by now; he's a class act. So yeah, man, just wanted to go ahead and start with that. And the rest of the non-finishers outside of Esteban Ocon, I believe, were all caught up in that incident in some way or another. And Valtteri Botas. he um, had a mechanical failure, I believe on lap 20 so later on down the line and everybody else alexander Albon, he's he was flown to the hospital so i pray he's okay he had a pretty nasty impact due to that initial crash on lap one with the concrete barrier that's on the pitch straight so yeah man and i want to touch on this really really quickly a couple of more things just before we get into the race um the Formula Two feature race early early this morning. I didn't watch it, but I saw basically a clip that was going around with uh Roy Nisani, I believe I hope I'm saying that right, and another driver um got into a nasty crash this morning in the feature race. And basically shout out to the Halo, man, because the Halo the Halo really saved two lives potentially today um, with the Joe Guan Yu crash and Roy Nassani crash in Formula 2 this morning. Him and uh, Dennis Hauger. That, I, I believe I'm saying Hauger right? Hager? Hauger? Um, I didn't see the full, full clip, but I think that – as a community, Formula One really needs to take a look at these sausage curves, man, because the the way that they vault cars into the air and unsettle them is just – it can get pretty scary, man. I mean, we saw last year with Lewis and Max and em- – or not Emma Monza. When Max's car basically got vaulted and his tire was on top of Lewis's head, that was scary to, to, to see. And if it wasn't for the halo, that could have potentially been fatal – for for Lewis as well and basically it seems like they were coming down into uh, the Vail Chicane the final couple of corners on that little small straight after Stowe into the Vail Chicane and it seemed like Roy was pushing pushing Dennis essentially off the track and I don't know what was going on with that like I said I didn't see the race but it seems like the community is pretty set as a whole on the fact that Roy was out of line and that he potentially risked his own life by proximity by pushing Dennis off of the track. And he went straight, Dennis went, he being Dennis went straight on and there is a big red sausage curve going into the first left-hander of the Vale Chicane. And it vaulted Dennis into the air and basically shot him across the top of Roy's car or yeah, Roy's car in front of his face. And if it wasn't for the halo, I mean, anything could have happened and potentially Roy's head could have been taken off. And so I'm glad he's okay. But I think formula one really needs to take a look at these sausage curves and potentially look at an alternative and eliminating them at some point because it's just too dangerous, I believe. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on that was big in the F1 community was, um, the Nelson PK situation with Lewis Hamilton. If you're not familiar, essentially, Nelson is a retired, I believe, three time Formula One world champion. He's Brazilian, um, a non black male. And he was being interviewed and was asked questions about Lewis. And he used a term which in Brazil, loosely translates to the N-word, basically calling Lewis the N-word. And I know I've heard some things that, oh, well, in Brazil, the word isn't used the same way as the N-word in America is. And I just, I'm not really buying that. I think he knew what he was doing and he knew what he was trying to convey because you just don't refer to people in that manner. Like, I don't believe him and Lewis have that kind of relationship, even in general, to be able to refer to him in such a loose manner. Like, just call him by his name. It's just a basic human respect factor. And so there was a lot of controversy with that. And I believe that the ending result was that Nelson was essentially barred from any official Formula One activities. I don't believe he's allowed on the paddock anymore, and I don't believe that he can really participate in any official Formula One activities. So good for Formula One for taking a stance and taking action on that. And um, shout out to Lewis for always being the head of the field as far as class concerns is concerned. We've never really seen him put a foot wrong as far as any kind of social issues. He's always at the forefront, and I just don't believe that a guy like that or anybody really deserves that type of disrespect. All right, so back to the race. Let's get back to what's really important right now. Um, not that those things were not important, but why we all are here to talk about the race. So I got through the race rundown and our points finisher, so let me just cover a little bit of the the big storylines from the weekend talk about those a little bit so again carlos signs from pole position so his maiden victory and maiden pole position a uh, great weekend for him it seemed like he was a little bit off the pace through practice and even through qualifying at the beginning it was a wet qualifying so that kind of put a like not a damper but it just kind of mixed up the field a little bit and so that was kind of crazy to witness it seemed like max pretty much had The weekend under control up into qualifying three, really, where he had a mistake. He made a couple of mistakes and essentially just ruined his qualifying. So he ended up starting P2 instead of off a pole, which I believe he would have got if he would have got another clean lap in at the end of Q3. But that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. And LeClaire was pretty much up there the entire the entire session in qualifying, but had a spin in on, I believe, his final run, and that kind of ruined his opportunity. So he started P3, P4, and Perez put it in P3. Lewis seemed, it seemed like Mercedes had the pace to go for a top three finish, uh, in qualifying at least. It seemed like they were really, uh, their upgrades, it really worked a treat, and that they were going to be on the pace to be able to compete for the race victory in pole position, but it didn't seem like Lewis or George could really put the lap together to be able to do that. So unfortunate for them, they started fifth and eighth. Lando Norris doing a pretty good job putting it in P7. Fernando Alonso in the top ten again in P8. Uh, Joe Guan Yu out-qualifying his teammate for the second time this season, I believe. And the man of the hour, the man of the session, I believe, was Nicholas Latifi. For all the criticism that he's received and everything that he's been through since Abu Dhabi of last year, to be able to put it into Q3 was was pretty impressive. Pierre Gasly in P11, Botas in P12, Sonoda P13, Ricardo P14, another struggle for Daniel Ocon P15. Uh, Both Williams were out in... Or no, not both Williams. Alexander Albon's Williams was out in P16, Magnuson, P17. A terrible qualifying for Haas and for Aston Martin. Aston Martin in P18 with Seb and P20 with Lance Stroll. And then Haas in P17 and 19 with K-Mag and Mick Schumacher, respectively. So, yeah, that's pretty much the qualifying rundown. So big winners of qualifying, I would say, it would be Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Fernando Joe Guan Yu, and Nicholas Latifi. Great performances from those guys. So I want to get into my, um, excuse me. Uh, I want to get into my race predictions from this weekend. I meant to put out like a little clip, just documenting that, but it's documented on Twitter. That stuff got tamped. Uh, timestamps. So just wanted to get into my race prediction. So before the weekend, I had made five race weekend predictions for the British Grand Prix. And my number one was Carlos Sainz pole position. So that is a W for me. Number two was Lewis Hamilton podium, another W for me. Number three was hass back in the points, another W for me. So not only was that correct, but they were double points finished. I wasn't expecting that, but Hey, right again, and I said at least four DNFs as my fourth prediction. That was correct. We had six, and my last prediction was Alex Albon Q2 appearance at his, technically his home Grand Prix. He's a Thai Brit, so I believe that still counts as his home Grand Prix in one way or another. I know he still races under the Thai flag uh, for sponsorship purposes and that kind of thing, so Yeah, I believed he would put on a better performance in qualifying, but he was only one slot out, and I believe he was very, very close. Oh, not that close, like three tenths, so it is what it is. Uh, Four for five, that is a W in my book. I don't know anybody out here that's going four for five on their their race prediction, so shout out to me for that one. W's in the chat for your boy. Uh, So let's get back to the race. It was exciting, man. It was exciting. So after the red flag period, which lasted about 45 minutes, I believe, uh, we got restarted. And unfortunately, the the entire grid had to go back to their original slots because all of the cars hadn't passed the second safety car line. And so because the crash was essentially on the pit straight, basically right from the start. So not all 20 or I guess 17 cars at that moment had passed the second safety car line. So basically the the grid had to restart. It's almost like as if you're playing a video game and you don't reach a checkpoint. And so if you die, you got to like start over again. It's basically the same, same concept. So the grid restarted from its original places at the safety car line, which was unfortunate for a couple of drivers like Lewis Hamilton, who, Jumped up from P five into P three with a great start. He, he he was electric from the beginning, and unfortunate for Max Verstappen too because he started second and started on the soft tires, which he was the only driver in the top ten, I believe, to start on the soft tires and completely jumped signs from the from the get go on the initial start, which I knew would happen. But I believe he strapped on the mediums. I believe everybody strapped on the mediums after the safety car or after the red flag period, I think that the soft tires just wouldn't have lasted, and I think that they were really just trying to get an initial jump. I, think, I believe that Red Bull really thought that if they could get in clean air and get off the line into first position that Max could pull enough of a gap and manage his tires enough to be able to stretch it and jump onto probably the hard tires for one stop and finish the race like that. But it didn't work out that way. And then Lewis made an electric start on the medium tires and worked his way up into P3 and unfortunately had to go back to P5 where he didn't get as great of a start and he ended up getting jumped by Lando Norris. For a couple of corners, or I believe a full lap, he ended up passing him again eventually, but and getting back himself back up into P five. But definitely got jumped at the beginning. Seemed like his his restarts, his moving restarts, weren't all that great today. And then for Charles Leclerc, he held position. No, I he jumped Perez out of the gates. He made a a little bit of a kamikaze dive into. Into the loop. I believe. And damaged his and Perez's front wing. Seemed more like a racing incident. I don't believe Charles did anything dangerous. I just believe it was a really aggressive move. We've seen plenty of drivers. Lewis, Max, etc. Do make that type of move. On multiple occasions. So I believe it was just a racing incident. Um, But unfortunate for both of them. uh, They got front wing damage from that. So... They both continued on. Charles had pretty good pace with a broken front wing. He's basically his entire end plate was gone off of the front wing and still was keeping up with the lead pack of Sines and Verstappen. Oh, I forgot to get to that. So Sines held onto his first place from Verstappen. So it was a one that was the one two, and then Leclerc was behind them. Perez was in fourth, and then Norris and Hamilton were the top five. So we get to a couple of laps, and Signs is starting to basically pull away from Verstappen because Verstappen ran wide at Cops' Corner, and I believe he picked up some damage on his floor. That curbing on the outside of Cops is pretty aggressive. So I'm pretty sure that's how he picked up that damage, and that pretty much ruined his race. And so Signs began to pull away but then Verstappen or not Verstappen Leclerc eventually got past Verstappen because Verstappen had to pit, um, with a puncture, I believe. And his race is just, it was a tough race for Max. Um, not really sure where the blame falls, if it was just kind of something that one of those things that just happens, or if Max caused the damage himself, but Yeah, tough race for Max, and Leclerc was closing up to the back of signs, and this is where we get into more Ferrari woes. I am sorry to the Tifosi. It just seems like Ferrari just cannot get out of their own way when it comes to strategy and managing drivers and teams and all that jazz. But even with the broken front wing, it seemed like Leclerc had much more pace than signs on the mediums, and... He was basically pushing him through a lot of the corners and was on the team, on the radio, essentially not begging, but really pushing the team to try to swap positions, which I believe would have been the smarter move because they were basically holding themselves up after Perez had to pit with his damage. So that freed up Lewis Hamilton, who was putting in crazy laps at the beginning of the race and was just pumping in fastest laps. I mean, I know any of the F1 vets who are on Twitter have seen the meme of Lewis off of the balcony throwing out... I believe he was throwing out caps, but it's a meme that edited into fastest laps, so he's just throwing out, like, seven, eight fastest laps. That's essentially how the beginning of the race went for Lewis. Pumping in fastest laps in that free air, max pit for damage, so that put him up to P3, and the Ferraris were essentially fighting not wheel to wheel, but Carlos was holding up Charles. I think it was very clear that he was. And Charles was burning up his tires in the dirty air. I know the dirty air doesn't affect them as much this year as it did last, but it's still a thing. And he didn't have maximum downforce to be able to push away. So they were basically slowing themselves up into Lewis and, so Ferrari event they eventually made the call to just pit signs in that first stint to cover off the undercut cuz Lewis was creeping up in the undercut territory. I think he was around 2.2 seconds from Charles who was only about a half a second away from Carlos at the time and they decided to pit Carlos to just avoid the undercut from Lewis in general and uh Ooh, lost my train of thought. LeClaire continued on, and Lewis was starting to close up to the back of LeClaire. I believe once Lewis got into one second of LeClaire, they decided to pit him. And Sainz pitted on lap 20, I believe, and I think Leclerc pitted on lap 25. So Lewis was about 1.1, 1.2 seconds away when they decided to pit LeClaire and I figured that LeClaire would not get the undercut on signs. It seemed like his pace was falling off a little bit in the clear air. I think while at the same time he was losing time in the corners, I believe that he was gaining time being pulled along in the, the slipstream of signs and with DRS. Without DRS, it seemed like Lewis had much better pace. So then on, 20, on lap 25, Charles decides to pit and... He gets overcut by um, or undercut by his teammate Carlos. And so Charles stays behind. And Lewis continues on for a further 12 laps, I believe. He really, really stretched those mediums. It seemed like he had great pace and great tire management, which usually doesn't go hand in hand. But I mean, he's Lewis Hamilton. That's just kind of the kind of stuff that he does. So he stretched that medium until about lap 34, I think. And so then when he finally decided to pit, he I thought he was going to go a little bit longer and try to strap on the soft tires and really make himself really racy at the end. And I fully believed that he was on for a crazy race victory on pure pace at that. But um, they decided to pit him later on, and he came out onto the hard tires on lap. What was that? Oh, well, it does not show me which lap he decided to pit on. Oh, wait, i got to scroll down a little bit more. Um, he pit on lap 39, actually. No, that was a safety car pit. Yeah, he pit on lap 33. Okay, there we go. He pit on lap 33 while Charles pit it on lap 25 and Carlos pit it on lap 20. All went on to hards. And then Lewis came out behind both Ferraris due to a slow stop I believe he would have came out behind them anyway but his stop was about 4.3 seconds which is a lot off of the typical like 2 to 2.8 second stops that most teams are putting in standard so that slow stop caused him to come out about four seconds behind Charles in second place and so he had a tall task to try to close up but he was on it he was closing like, only we've seen Lewis do, and he really bridged that gap, and it seemed like the home crowd was really fueling him. He's This probably his best drive of the entire season. This and I think Spain were probably his two best drives of the entire season. And he was really, really on top of it. And then Esteban Ocon had a mechanical failure that caused him to stop, I believe, on the old pitch straight going into Cops corner, Basically in the middle of the track. And once it happened, I could—I just knew that that was going to be a full safety car. I was kind of hoping for a virtual safety car. And the reason being is that Sergio was in fourth place. But there was a humongous gap from Lewis to Sergio. I think it was about 23 seconds. And so I was hoping for a safety car as a Lewis fan. I was hoping for a safety car to or not a safety car a virtual safety car that could potentially allow Lewis to pit on the softs or even stay on the hards and maintain his gap to Paris because we all know that the Red Bull is probably probably the fastest car on the grid at any given day on pure pace but I mean we know that a lot of that is going to depend on the driver and so on and so forth but Eventually, the full safety car came out, and we all knew it. I knew it. The The announcers knew it, and I think the drivers behind and the teams pretty much knew that it was going to be a full safety car. And I fully believe that if it wasn't for that safety car and if everybody had stayed on the hards, I definitely think Lewis could have at least gotten into P2. He probably could have won the race just based on the pace that he was showing I mean he set the fastest lap overall for everybody so he got that extra championship point but his pace he was closing on the Ferraris at a rapid rapid rate so that's and that's kind of how that went and then the safety car came out and this is where Ferrari's woes continued and they decided not to pit Charles for soft tires but they pit Carlos who was in second for soft tires and in turn lewis came in for softs i knew that was going to happen because he really didn't have anything to lose he had a huge gap to perez and we all know that the the tire warm-up on these this year's tire models with these 18 inch wheels are is just really tough and so reheating the the hard tires is always going to be a tall task so i believe they made Mercedes made the right call, pitting Lewis for Softs. I know Lewis questioned that at the moment, but I think looking back on it, I don't think there was any other option. I think if he would have stayed on the hards, he probably would have finished outside of the top five. So great strategy call for Mercedes, a terrible strategy call for Ferrari. It seemed like with the Delta time, they would have had enough time to let Charles know to come into the pits. But they decided not to, and they picked Carlos instead. And so on the safety car restart, uh, Carlos just completely swamped his teammate going down the Wellington Straight. And I correctly predicted at the moment that Sergio was going to be dangerous. Into off of this restart, like I just knew it. I mean, he had a fresh wing, fresh tires. He's in potentially the fastest car on the grid behind Lewis and fourth. And due to the safety car, got to close right up to the back of Lewis, and that was just a recipe for for trouble. And I knew it. The announcers weren't talking enough about it, in my opinion, until right before they made it. They may have mentioned it. One time very briefly, but I, the whole time I was just watching Perez. And while everybody's watching the top three, I had my eyes on Perez, and rightfully so. Lewis had a tough, tough restart to the race, and he got basically jumped by Perez. And while I was slightly upset because it seemed like Perez essentially pushed him off of the track into the loop before they go down to, to the Wellington straight. He really got squeezed essentially off the track and then had to give up the position in order to just maintain uh, the fourth spot or the third spot. Yeah. The fourth spot. And it was basically a three way battle for, for the podium positions. And it it was just – it was crazy, man. I, I It's all a blur. It happened so fast. I was jumping up and down. I was out of my seat. It was just insane, uh, super entertaining. But, yeah, it, it – and then Perez had an incident with Leclerc uh, into the Veil chicane where he basically cut the corner. And he lost out to Lewis because Lewis just – the opportunist that he is just slid his way back up into P2 – while Perez and Leclerc were fighting for P2 and 3. And Perez essentially cut the corner, the la- the right-hander into the veil chicane, and he while he lost the position to Lewis, he still gained a position on Charles, which I don't think was right. And the stewards took a look at it, but then they decided no further investigation necessary. And so that made me slightly upset, because I do believe that, He should have got a penalty for one of those two incidents. Now, I know what everybody's going to say, oh, you're a Lewis fan, so you're just saying that because it would have benefited Lewis and Lewis would have got P2. But I really do think that Charles ended up losing out as well because – I just don't think that you can cut a corner and stay ahead of somebody and not consider that an advantage. No matter if you lose the position to somebody else that wasn't involved in that fight, I still don't think that was necessarily correct. And two, I just don't – I believe that they need to crack down more on, like, race standards as far as, like, you can't just push your rival off the track and that just be considered defense. I don't think that's proper defense. I don't – I think you have to – be able to leave room enough to race I don't think that it's correct to be able to just push your rival off the track this isn't carts this isn't the f1 game like this is real life I don't think that it's right to be able to just push your rival directly off the track and I was pretty sure that Perez was going to get a penalty so I was excited about Lewis potentially getting p2 but he didn't and Lewis finished p3 so it is what it is I still am happy with the result for Lewis Further on down the grid, after Max picked up his damage, it was just a tough race for him. He ended up finishing P7. He had to pit, I believe, two more times after his damage, and that just kind of ruined his race. He had no grip. He was on the radio back and forth with the team. I think he wanted to retire, but the team told him that it wasn't terminal damage and that he would just be slow, essentially. And shout out to them. I mean, they still picked up points. Every We've seen from last year that every single point matters in a championship fight. So Red Bull did the smart thing while leaving him out there, and he still finished P7 and picked up six points. Uh, Mick Schumacher had a great race. We didn't get to see much of him, but until the very end when he was fighting Max, up until the last corner for that P7 slot, and shout out to him, he could have just backed off and been happy with the P8 and scoring his force points, but he wanted more, and so I like that. I like that. He got that dog in him. <laughs> I He he let me know this race that he got that dog in him, so great bounce back for Mick. Great result for Hass in general with K-Mag finishing P10, so they picked up a little haul of points, double points finish for them has been really good this season, and I'm happy for him because it seemed like if they were on the trajectory trajectory that they had been on for the past couple of years that they would potentially be out of Formula 1 at some point. So I'm happy to see them getting some good results. Good to see Seb back in the points on his birthday. Shout out to Seb. Happy birthday, 35th, for the four-time world champion. Great finish for Fernando Alonso again, finishing in top five. Looked like he was trying to get into that battle a little bit for the podium, but Charles was able to hold him off. Lando Norris finished P6, good result for him. Tough race for Daniel again. We didn't see much of him. Latifi kind of fell out of the points and never really recovered. Lance Stroll just outside of the points, but it didn't really ever seem like he was making any kind of headway to get his – could get up there and Sonoda picked up a five second penalty for causing in a collision with his teammate Pierre Gasly where they both ended up spinning out and losing out so tough race for the Alpha Tower team um, I'm just gonna go ahead and go give my grades and then we'll get out of here to maybe talk a little bit about the double header that we got we got Austria coming up next weekend so I may give a little bit of preliminary insight into that, and I'll get out of here and enjoy the rest of my Sunday. so starting off with Carlos signs, he gets an a plus for me good race for him, great for him to get pole position and his maiden race victory. he had a tough race, but he was he was good where it mattered, and that's all that that's all that counts right so a plus for him, Sergio Perez. I give an A to, I think he had a tough race at the beginning. The incident with him and Charles kind of ruined his race. I believe he probably could have been on for a race win if that wasn't didn't happen. Excuse me. And overall he had a pretty solid race. So A for, for Sergio, can't really fault him. I do believe that he was a little bit, out of control as far as like going off of the track and cutting corners and pushing Lewis off the track. But it is what it is. That's just, that's just how racing goes. Sometimes Lewis Hamilton, a plus, I don't think that he could have did anything different, anything better. Didn't put a foot wrong really at all for the race. Uh, Could have potentially been on for a race victory at his home race. It would have been his eighth victory, I believe at the British Grand Prix. So He's, I mean, he's an absolute legend. He's the only person that has, he's the only driver that has a, a like a corner slash straight named after him, on the track. With, I mean, I mean, we know F one is a British sport, so there's just been a myriad of British drivers and great British drivers that have come through, but Lewis Hamilton is the greatest of all them all. So. Shout-out to him. Couldn't put a foot wrong. Charles, man, I he's a tough one to grade because I don't believe a lot of his faults were of his own volition, like of his own doing. So I think I have to give Charles a B+. I think that damaging his front wing potentially hurt his race early on, I believe, with a fully functioning front wing. He probably would have been past Carlos even without team orders and could have created a gap to himself to where – he could have potentially won that race, but it is what it is. Fernando Alonso, A, getting himself up into the top five, great haul of points for him. We didn't see much of him throughout the race, but can't fall to top five finish. Lando Norris, B+, plus, he kind of lost out to Fernando and definitely wasn't on the pace of the top four, but I just don't think that McLaren has the pace of the top four, so I don't necessarily think that's all his fault. But overall good race for, for Lando. Max, he's a tough one to grade too because the damage kind of ruined his race, but the damage was seemed like it was of his own doing. So I would have to give Max a I think I'm gonna have to give Max a B minus for this race. It was just a tough race for him overall. He damaged his car and that was pretty much the end of the story. Mick Schumacher a plus man first points you get an a plus from me my man on pure pace pretty much at that I mean I know if everybody who was out would have finished he probably wouldn't have been in the points but we can't go off of what it could have should have we can only go off of what happened and he didn't put a foot wrong and going wheel to wheel with Max Verstappen will always get you a good grade with me especially if you can keep it clean so a plus for for Mick Schumacher Sebastian Vettel a Great performance on his birthday to get some points, especially with where they qualified. Uh, can't fault it. K-Mag gets a A as well. Didn't really see much of any of these guys throughout the race because it was just so exciting at the top that the cameras were glued to the front of the pack. But scoring points for Haas after their qualifying result as well was a great result for them. Lance Stroll, give him a B. I mean, finishing last, coming in 11th, made up some good positions. I mean, you had six DNS, so eh, can't really fault it. But good result for him overall, which he probably wishes he would have scored points. Nicholas Latifi, I give a B plus two. His result is a little bit boosted because of the qualifying performance. But overall, really good. Uh, can't fault it. Daniel Ricardo got to give a C, too. He's just kind of in no man's land. We really didn't see him at all. Never really showed any kind of pace and never really made himself seem like a threat. Didn't make any kind of impact on this race. And Yuki Tsunoda gets a D for me. Can't crash into your teammate, man. That's pretty much always going to get you a bad grade in my book. I'm not going to grade any of the non-finishers. Again, just happy that everybody's okay, it seems, just awaiting some more news on Albon. I'm pretty sure something's come out on Twitter since I've been recording, but I'll go check on that after this. And so, yeah, Sonoda's going to get a D for me just for – you can't crash into your teammate, man. That's just – that's how it goes. Um, as far as the teams, I Ferrari gets a C- for me. It was – a bad performance from them as a team. I think the whole race was mismanaged from them as far as the perspective of Charles. I think they kind of screwed him out of a race win in typical Ferrari fashion. Red Bull racing, I have to give a B plus two. I think the overall they did well. I mean both of their drivers damaged their car, so there's really not much they can do to with that. But based on where Perez was in finishing second a great performance from them excuse me um lewis hamilton and mercedes so mercedes had a non-finisher with george who was caught up in that incident but overall i believe they managed the race beautifully so they get an a for me can't necessarily give them an a plus just because it wasn't The winning strategy and maybe if they pit Lewis a little bit earlier he comes out in first or comes out in the middle of that Ferrari battle and not actually you know what they get a B plus because of the slow pit stop yeah I can't I can't give him anything higher than that due to that slow pit stop I forgot about that Alpine gets an A for me didn't really put a foot wrong Esteban had a DNF which was unfortunate but Fernando finishing in the top five. I mean, those DNFs, you can't really predict stuff like that. So it is what it is. McLaren gets a B, kind of stayed where they started, didn't really make much of an impact on the race. Haas gets an A for me. Double points finish will get you an A pretty much every time, especially for a team like Haas. And Aston Martin gets a B-plus for me. Alpha Towery gets – I'll give him a C, average race, Pierre – Caught up in the incident, Sonoda wasn't the team's fault. Can't crash into your teammate. Um, Alpha Romeo, tough race for them. Not necessarily under their control, but just going to give them a C. Uh, both cars DNF, so that's a tough race for them as far as the standings go. Um, uh, let me go to the standings and just kind of give you a rundown real quick at where everybody's at now. So Max Verstappen is still leading on 181 points. Sergio Perez is 34 points behind him with 147 in second. Leclerc closed up a little bit. I think he only made up 6 points though, which is unfortunate. And I believe that's the problem with Ferrari. I think that you have you, you're eventually you're going to have to choose one driver and you're going to have to prioritize them and if you want Charles to compete for this championship then they're going to have to to make some sacrifices. And so Charles is in P3 with 138 points. Carlos is in P4, only 11 points off of his teammate now with that race victory. Um, it's been a tough last probably four or five races for, for Charles. And Ferrari's going to have to get their stuff together if they want to compete for this title because it, that that alone is going to be the reason why Red Bull is running away With uh, the Constructors and the Drivers titles. George Russell in P5 on 111 points. Lewis Hamilton closed up that gap a bit. He's in P6 on 93 points. It seemed like his confidence is coming together. And I do believe eventually he'll pass George up. I think with these upgrades and the car getting better. He's starting to get more comfortable and get into his groove. The last couple of races he's been quicker than George. But we will see what happens. Lando Norris is in P7, Valtteri Bottas in P8, Esteban Ocon P9, Fernando Alonso P10. For everything that's happened, Esteban is still 11 points ahead of Fernando in the driver standing, so that's kind of crazy. Pierre's in P11, Kevin Magnussen in P12, Sebastian Vettel in P13, Daniel Ricciardo in P14. Man, Daniel being in p 14 while his teammate is in p7 and he's behind daniel's behind essentially a back marker the Aston martin is just insane the p15 he's falling down a bit the dnf didn't help joe guanyu p16 mick schumacher p17 vaulted himself up with that point points finish today jumped albon and stroll and Nicholas Latifi still hasn't scored any points this this season, unfortunately. And the teams uh, you got Red Bull Racing P one, you have Ferrari who are what is it fifty fifty seven points, fifty three points, sixty three points. Yeah, sorry, math, quick maths. <laughs> 63 points behind with 265, and Mercedes is in third. It's crazy. Mercedes is closer to Ferrari in the constructor standings than Ferrari is to Red Bull in first, which just sounds insane. And it just shows that consistency in finishing all the races, because Mercedes is... The only team this season, I believe, that hasn't had a mechanical DNF. I believe George not finishing was their first DNF of the entire season. And that was due to a crash, not due to mechanical reasons. So that's insane. But we got McLaren in P4, Alpine in P5, Alfa Romeo fell down to P6. Seemed like they were going to leave the midfield. And they might still be able to. We still got a lot of time to go. But we'll see what happens. Alpha Tauri P6, P7, Haas P8, Aston Martin P9, and Williams in P10. And that rounds out all the updated standings through the British Grand Prix. So next week we got Austria. I believe Red Bull bounced back. Austria is a, very much so a power circuit, a lot of long straights and Red Bull seems to have the major advantage as far as straight line speed. So I believe we'll probably see a Red Bull 1-2. Um, that is not my official prediction. I'll make that on Twitter later on this week. Probably once I see you first couple of practice sessions, I like to, I don't like to just make blind predictions. That doesn't really go well at all. Um, and I just believe you're just doing stuff just to do it at that point. But I believe Red Bull go well there because of their straight line speed and in turn i believe that mercedes will probably struggle i think that this pace and them setting fastest laps might have been a little bit deceiving just because um they brought upgrades specifically to silverstone and i think it was pretty much a consensus around the f1 community that mercedes were probably going to go well around silverstone i didn't think they would go this well around silverstone but i mean you never really know but that's just my prediction i think It'll be a little bit of a reality check for Mercedes in Austria and not too much to speak on on the rest of the grid. Maybe Alpine will probably go well. I know they've shown some really good straight line speed in a couple of races, but we will see. And that is a wrap. This has been the Naldo F1 podcast, British Grand Prix race review for the 2022 season. Make sure you guys follow me on all my social media platforms on Instagram. It's at Naldo Formula 1. Actually, on all of them, it's at Naldo Formula 1 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for any more content. And I will see you guys next week after the Austrian Grand Prix. I'm out. Peace.